Welcome to AUSA's Army Matters Podcast, focusing on what's important to the total Army community. We bring vital Army conversations and interviews on issues relevant to soldiers, military families, and all of you amazing Army supporters. Rotating each week, our show includes Soldier Today, Leading Great Teams, Family Voices, and Thought Leaders. Let's tune into the show. Here we go. Nice one. Nice one, Dan. Oh, nice one, Dan. Dude. That is a there we go. fish. Yes, sir. That's why you come to Bernie Haney right there. <laughs> fish like this up in Ontario Lake. There Beautiful. All right, man. Good job. Hello, everyone. I'm Sergeant Major of the Army retired Dan Daly, and welcome to today's episode of Soldier Today. That clip you just heard was of me fishing on Lake Ontario in late June with Sergeant Major Retired Bernie Haney. It was a fantastic day, and that clip was of me reeling in a five-pound smallmouth bass. But fishing wasn't the main reason I met up with Bernie in northern New York State. Nope, I was there to talk to him about entrepreneurship. Each year, tens of thousands of soldiers leave the Army, whether it's after one or two terms or even 20-plus years. Some go to school, some go to work, and others pursue the American dream of owning their own business. Bernie spent 38 years in the Army, but fishing was always close to his heart. It all went back to a moment as a young boy when he caught a five-pound largemouth bass. And when his father paraded it around the campground, Bernie knew he was hooked. He's now making a living operating New York Fishing Adventures in Henderson, New York, where I met up with him to talk about his experience as an entrepreneur, his Army adventures, and yes, to catch some fish. So without further ado... Here's my interview recorded on the coast of Lake Ontario. Bernie Haney, welcome to the Soldier Today Show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Bernie, I, you know, I thought we'd begin, as we always do here on Soldier Today, by getting to know you. Bernie, could you share with us a little bit about yourself? Where'd you grow up and what made you want to become a soldier? Well, for me, that's a pretty easy one. I grew up in central Illinois in McLean and Tazewell County in the 70s. I joined the uh, delayed entry in 1977, and I went on active duty in 78. And the reason I did that was twofold. Uh, really didn't have the money to go to college, and my grades weren't super stellar, but they were enough to get me by. But uh, the other thing was at age 17 back then in Illinois, you couldn't really get a decent paying job because you couldn't get insured by anybody until you were 18. So I signed up, did delayed entry. Next thing I know, I'm in basic training in June of 1978, wondering what I'd got myself into, but it turned out okay. What made you stay? Once I got in, I found out that if uh, you listen to your sergeant, do what you're supposed to do, next thing you know, you were in charge because I, I got my first fire team at age 18. Then I became a squad leader at 19. I became a platoon sergeant at 21. And I thought, geez, what am I doing leading 33 guys at 21 years old? Yeah. Off I went and I didn't never look back. Yeah, that's incredible. And that's the story of leadership. It grabs you. For me, it was, uh, I couldn't leave them. Once I knew that I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. I looked at them young men and women who uh, decided to f defend our country, and I said, man, i got to be here to do this. This is my calling. It's really what it was for me was team building and finding out that uh, once you treat people right and you look out for them, you, you keep that leader-subordinate relationship, but you're always grooming them for the next level up. And once they take to that, then that's what builds our army, and that's what builds our nation. I really, really enjoyed that a lot. Bernie must have been doing something right because he excelled to the highest enlisted rank the United States Army has and uh, became a sergeant major. 
Bernie, if my research is correct, your love of fishing came from the time you spent on the water with your father and your grandmother. Please tell us about the importance of that experience. It was really important to me. My, my dad took me fishing quite a bit when he could, but he was always working. And uh, the next person that really stepped up and uh, filled that void was my grandmother. And uh, Grandma Haney, Connie, she would fish every chance she would get. And sometimes my mom would drive us down to the lake and drop us off at the lake or the pond at, at say, 10 o'clock in the morning. She'd go back and get us at 4 in the afternoon, and we'd have a five-gallon bucket full of whatever was bite. But we just had a great time. And uh, through her enthusiasm of teaching me how to fish, I realized that, hey, you can, any, anybody can fish. That's the neat thing about fishing. The fish doesn't know if you're male, female, doesn't, doesn't <laughs> yeah. know anything about you other than that there's a, there's a lure or there's a bait in the water. And if it bites it and you reel it in, then that's the excitement, you know, and that's what hooked me, really. That's incredible. You know, that mystery fishing is how I think we all got started, right? You go down there with a rod and a wheel and a, and a worm, and, and it's just exciting to catch something. It, it is, you know, baseball is the American pastime, but fishing's got to be a second close. It's got to be really close. That's right. But as a young man, did you ever think that this pastime would someday lead to a professional fishing career? It, and this might sound weird, Dan, but uh, after I'd been in the Army about 10 years, I, I really uh, wanted to competitive fish. And I said, geez, you know, I, said, I almost feel like a fisherman trapped in a soldier's body. But I knew I had a responsibility, a commitment to the Army, and I stayed with that. And then once I got done, I says, you know, I, I am going to pursue this. And uh, that's what led me to New York Fishing Adventures. And I've, I've never looked back since, and it's been great. As you mentioned, throughout your life, your ability to pursue your childhood passion was slightly interrupted from time to time due to a very successful career in the Army. Did you stay with the sport throughout your career? It's one of the things that I did in between deployments, I would fish, but I enjoyed it and uh, made, a, made a family outing of it when I could. But the thing for me, too, was that uh, as, as I grew, like we talked earlier throughout my career, being in charge of different folks at such a young age, there was a lot of stressors. Because you're hoping you're doing the right things. You're pretty sure you've been trained what to do. But until you put it in practice, you're not sure you're doing the right thing. And fishing would allow me to get out on the water, kind of just forget about everything except me, the water, and the fish, and just relax and really unwind and decompress. And while we're talking about that, one of the things I was able to do at Fort Drum back in 2007, I started a program called Take a Soldier Fishing. Through the uh, use of the New York Bass Federation, I would solicit boat captains. So they would bring their bass boats, and I would put two soldiers in each boat. And over a 13-year period until COVID, and it, we just had such a great time. And you could watch those soldiers when they come. They they oh, they are so appreciative. And and everybody asked, why do you do that, Bernie? I says, well, when I was a young soldier, I always wished my community would have reached out and kind of do something to assimilate me into the community. Because when you come here, you embody and you become part of the community. When we had to unplug it during COVID in, in 2020, everybody's, oh, you sure we can't do it? And it was a great stress relief for our soldiers. They really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I bet. And there's nothing like listening to a soldier story and then giving them a craft, like teaching them how to fish, especially with the people you fish with. They're at another level. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But Bernie, you got quite serious about fishing in 1992. Can you talk about becoming a professional tournament fisher? Yeah, I, I can. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I got out of uh, ranger school in, in 1987, and I bought me a little aluminum boat, and I started fishing around here, and then I found out there was a bass club up here in 92, and the guys invited me to join the bass club. And 
the first tournament we had was for pike because bass wasn't in season yet. So I caught five big pike and I won the tournament. Like, oh, wow, who's this guy? You know, I says, well, guys, I'm, I'm new to you, but I'm not new to fishing. I've been fishing my whole life. <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of started. And I ended up fishing all over the uh, Northeast region. I fished in uh, mainly New York waters and uh, was able to qualify for a couple uh, couple big tournaments, going there fishing for $100,000. I thought, well, that's pretty cool. But the older I got and the closer I came to the end of my military career, I realized that uh, while you might win three or $4,000 in a tournament, in order to, to get that money, you're spending in your own five or 6000 to win three. And I said, so if you look at the return on investment, I says, unless you have some great financial sponsors, it's pretty tough to do. Yeah. And to do it right, you got to be full time, right? I mean, yeah, there's yeah. guys out there that are, this is what they do. That's all they do. But uh, it sounds like those guys, the first time you we went there with that aluminum boat, they were judging you by your boat, weren't they? They were. They absolutely were. Yeah. yeah they all had yeah. the big, shiny, flashy bass boats, and here I come with a little aluminum boat with a 30-horse motor, and like, who's this cat? <laughs> yeah, well, Bernie's got one of those shiny bass boats these days. We went out on Ozark Lake today, and we caught some fish. More about that a little bit later. We'll hear more from Bernie after this break and find out how to win professional fishing tournaments. Have you purchased your AUSA swag yet? Be proud to show your support for AUSA, which in turn shows your support for the U.S. Army and our soldiers. Check out all AUSA swag at shop.ausa.org. We're back and talking with Bernie Haney, a veteran who in 2017 was named to the New York Outdoorsman Hall of Fame. Bernie won five Angler of the Year titles along with setting records. But you decided to come off and to take a different route. Bernie, how and why did you go from that to beginning New York Fishing Adventures? Once I learned that I could catch fish and catch them pretty much on any conditions, I realized that this uh, this hardcore tournament fishing stuff really wasn't for me. It's like our Army recruiters. You're always behind the wheel going somewhere doing something. And uh, to be competitive on the trail, if, if the tournament was on... Uh, on the second Saturday of the month, then the first Saturday of the month, you had to drive to that water, kind of check it out, scout around, then come back the next weekend. So, so next thing I know, I talked to the wife about. It. I says, "Well, let's, when we retire, I said let's just uh, let's just hang out in Lake Ontario and just have a good time up here." Folks knew while I was in uniform, I was guiding inland off and on. And once I retired, I said, "Bernie, you're going to get your captain's license. You're going to guide down to Lake Ontario." I said, "I don't know. Well, maybe we'll see." And the guys just kept asking and asking. So I says, well, let's, yeah, I, I'll go ahead and do it. So I went ahead and did it. And uh, it's been great because I really enjoy watching people experience Lake Ontario for the first time because it's a big lake. But, but with big waters come big opportunities. I love to fish myself. But I really like sharing it with other folks, first timers, and let them, let them experience what it's like to catch that nice fish on a rod and reel or just to catch any fish. But of course, our listeners out there, they're all thinking, oh, he's just out there having fun every day. How hard could that actually be? What is the fishing guide business side of things like, Bernie? If someone wanted to get into the business, what should they be prepared for? I think the first thing really is you have to be a communicator because you don't know who's going to hire you. I mean, it might sound weird, but the first thing is when you get on the boat with somebody, you have to find some common ground. And once you find that then, then that kind of helps everything go from there. But the, the thing, too, about starting a business and the business side of it is that you have to understand that it is a business. I mean, you have to be properly insured. You have to make sure that your equipment is top-notch. You have to make sure your boat runs well, and it's fishing's like any other business. 
Yeah, it's not just fishing poles and worms. There's a lot to it. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that, that you tapped into a local organization as you got started. Can you tell me more about what you did and what they provided you? I, I did. We uh, we have a small business administration office here in Watertown, New York. It's partnered with the Jefferson uh, Community College, and they have a veterans program there where you can call and, and ask me talk to speak to a counselor. And based on your experience level and what you know about what you're trying to establish, they'll either recommend you take a few courses or they'll sit down with you for a couple of counseling sessions to see where you're at. And in my case, he talked to me, he says, he says, look, you've guided before on the inland waters. He says, all you're doing now is taking him to the navigable international waters of Lake Ontario, Oneida Lake, and the, and the St. Lawrence Seaway, which requires a U.S. Coast Guard captain's license. He says, you, you've already ran a business. And uh, they got me linked up with a, another insurance provider from the one I had, which gave me a little bit better rate. And so that was the key thing, too, is that uh, you need to make sure you're properly insured. It's like any business, but you have to set yourself up for success and don't leave yourself vulnerable and get yourself compromised if an unforeseen situation occurs. Be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've told me in the past when we first talked that you often use the expression of logistics drives maneuver. Now, for our military listeners out there, they're going to know that term. Can you tell me what that means for an entrepreneur? A lot of my civilian counterparts I met at out here in the local community since I've gotten out. I, I use that phrase when I introduce myself to them when they ask me to join the project. Well, what do you mean? I says, well, you can't do anything unless you have all the resources you need to effectively do it. I said, think about the fact that you wanted to go to the store and buy a gallon of milk. Well, what'd you do? You got up, you got dressed, you made sure there's gas in your car, you found your car keys, you started your car, you drove. That's all logistics, all the things you need in order to go get that gallon of milk and bring it safely back to your house. That sounds very... Uh, you know, minuscule, but in the grand scheme of things, that's all logistics. Yeah. If you don't have the tools necessary, you're not going to make money in any business too, right? Absolutely. Now I've often heard, and I've actually said myself, cause I'm a woodworker that you should not turn your passion into your profession <laughs> and it may cause you to lose your passion. Have you experienced that along the way? Did fishing ever become just a job for you? No, I've heard that phrase as well. And, and I think that goes back to what we talked about before, as far as, uh, letting yourself be stressed out by the job because when you find that uh, that you're turning into it's solely about the money the money the money you, you kind of forget why you got into it in the first place and for me the joy of sharing this experience with other anglers or first-time anglers especially that kind of keeps it fresh and new every time i'm on the water so i've I look forward to every trip. I really do. I, I, I can't I, get enough of it. I could tell. Bernie asked me to be at the dock this morning at 630, and he already had the boat in the water, and he was uh, floating out there waiting for me. And he said, I'm glad you're on time. I like an on-time fisherman. So I was expecting um, good things. I mean, I got a professional fisherman taking me out on a lake, and when I showed up and saw his boat, I was like, I was judging you by your boat because it looks nice. It's a nitro, <laughs> beautiful fishing boat, well set up, everything you need and only the things you need in the right places. Bernie gives me a quick safety brief. We get right on it, and I promise you, no exaggeration, within five minutes, we were on the fish. Bernie, tell us about it. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Dan, you're able to join me for the season opener for our bass. And with our water temperatures running 63 to 65 degrees up here, we found fish in all three stages of the spawn. And so it's, it's what I call the triple threat of bass fishing. You, you really can't go wrong. You just got to find the fish and get around them. And I've, I've been fishing up here for the last 35 years. 
And that's the other thing I would tell folks when they ask me about, uh, oh, wow, it's, a, it's the price for an eight-hour trip. I said, well, you're not buying an eight-hour trip. You're buying 35 years of experience on Lake Ontario. And if I've done my job correctly as your captain today, when you come back here under the same seasonal conditions, you'll know where to look, what to use, and how to catch these fish. And if I'm doing my job truly as a captain, I've taught you how to exploit this fisheries to your full advantage. Yeah. Well, you did it today because a course of four hours, Bernie... <laughs> quadrupled the number of smallmouth bass that I've ever caught in my life. And then he took me around the corner. He said, Dan, that's not enough. We got to put you on a big one. Uh, the big one. We, we went out to uh, Galoo Island. There's an area out there that, that has traditionally held really big spawners. And I found this fish yesterday when I did a little recon before Dan came out and joined me today. And I knew that fish was there, so I thought we could catch her. We went in there. She was a little shady, and then uh, and then we got her to bite, and uh, we got it on video. Dan's reeling in a six-pound smallmouth. It's one of the best fish I've seen this season. That's right. And this isn't a fish story. We actually have photographs of that one, so uh, it was an amazing experience. Well, Bernie, thanks for being on the show and sharing your incredible story of being a soldier, a part of the Army civilian, turning your passion into a sport becoming really good at that sport and then converting that into a business. If people want to learn more about the New York Fishing Adventures, where can they get more information? Our listeners can go to my website, which is, uh, it's just my name, Bernie Haney, B-U-R-N-I-E-H-A-N-E-Y.com. And that'll take you to New York Fishing Adventures and you can see all about me. <laughs> I've done a lot of fun interviews for the podcast, but I have to say, being out on the water, catching, and releasing fish like that, this was one of my favorites. Thanks so much to Bernie Haney for being on today's episode, for sharing his experiences, and for his continued service to our country. And thanks to you, our listeners. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And join us next week for another great podcast. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. The Army Matters podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army Day. Hua.